Welcome to the Laura Mayer Podcast. I'm so glad you chose to join me again right in this place again this week. Thank you so much for tuning in every week. You guys, this podcast journey has been super fun. It's been a little up and down as I'm finding my groove, uh, learning how to be uh, consistent in my schedule when everything around me is not consistent. Um, Hashtag children, hashtag life all the things. Um, but it, it's been so fun. It's been so rewarding. So thank you to every single person who has left a comment, who has left a review. Those matter so much to me. Thank you so much. And they really help in getting this podcast out to more people, the way all those podcast analytics work. Um, every time you leave a review or click a star or whatever, it really does help a lot. But um I just really appreciate you guys tuning in uh, every week to just to spend some time here on the podcast. So thanks so much. I'm recording again tonight out on my back porch like I did at our last episode. So if you hear all of the noises, sorry about that. But this is actually, I think this is working out pretty well because my kids can be loud and noisy inside and I can be out here and just have um, some peace because that's just how it works when you got small kids at home. Well, today I wanted to talk about the condition of the soil of your heart. You guys, so much that we see on a daily basis, especially if you are on social media at all, you see people that are just spewing out of their mouths things that, I mean, frankly, I've been kind of shocked at some things that I've seen people type. Um, But, you know, out of the contents of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so people's hearts are on display when when they're making their social media post. And your heart is on display when you're making social media posts or really any interaction that you have with other people uh, because out of the content of the heart, the mouth speaks. So today I wanted to talk about the soil of your heart because that is the place from which you do life. How do I know that? Well, the Bible says it. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, because out of it flows the issues of life. Your life flows from your heart. And the soil of your heart is very much like garden soil that you would tend, you would fertilize, you would pull weeds out, you might add um, extra nutrients, all those things, so that whatever grows from that soil is good fruit. If you've got bad soil, then the plants that you put in it are not going to do as well. And it doesn't mean there's something wrong with the plant. Um, They may just never really produce much fruit or the fruit that they do produce might not be as, as, you know, nutrient dense, might not be as big and as bright and as flavorful. And when you start having issues with the fruit that's being produced, you walk it back to... How did you prepare the soil? Soil preparation matters so much. When you're growing things, well, hey, you're growing your life. Everything that you do in life comes from the condition of your heart. That is so critical to keep your eyes and keep your pay, um, keep your attention on that. So this sounds very similar to a parable that Jesus himself shared um, about the seed that fell on the three different types of soil. And I'm not going to go through it today because that's not the main focus of this podcast episode. But many of you out there are probably familiar with this parable. And if you're not, I'll do a quick recap that there was a sower 
Um, so a man, a farmer, who was putting seeds in the ground, or, you know, casting seed onto the ground, and the seed was the same. It was good seed. That farmer's not going to waste his time putting bad seed in the ground. But some of the seed fell on rocky soil. Some of the seed fell on soil with lots of weeds and thorns. And some of the seed fell on good soil. Well, the only seed that actually ended up producing a plant that produced fruit was the seed that went on the good soil. The rocky soil, the Bible says that, that when the sun came, because that plant when the seed started to grow a plant, the plant did not have space to put down good roots. And so there was not a good stable root system. And when the sun came out and baked that plant, it shriveled up and died because it didn't have the roots to sustain it, to pull nutrients from underneath the soil up to it. It had to depend solely on on surface surface watering and when the sun's baking in the middle of the day there's not a lot on the surface it's all been evaporated and you have to tap into your root system if you don't have one well then plant dries up but the one I want to talk about today is the seed that fell on the soil that was full of thorns and weeds see those thorns and the weeds the bible says choked out the seed there was nothing wrong with the seed And the seed in this parable represents the Word of God. The Word of God is good. It's alive. It's true. It's active. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. But it can only produce in certain types of seeds. And that's why Proverbs talks about, um, or it can only produce in certain types of soil. And that's why Proverbs talks about tending the soil of your heart. Which is why, because I always like to flip things. And see the backside of things. This is why Satan works so hard to plant weeds and thorns in the soil of your heart. I want to talk today specifically about a wounded heart. And we're going to talk about different types of hearts over the next couple of weeks. But today focusing on what it means to do life with a wounded heart. So let me take a second though and go back to that parable. The weeds and the thorns that had taken up root in that soil could have been pulled out. And that seed would have been able to, to grow and, and, and uh, you know, put roots down and produce good fruit. But because the weeds were allowed to stay, and the Bible compares that to being the cares of this world, all the things, all the junk that tries to zap our strength and that tried to crowd the space of our heart, taking up all the nutrients that when, when the Lord pours it out on us, all those cares suck up all the nutrients and there's nothing left for that word to grow in. So we can see why Satan works hard to make sure he keeps our hearts so occupied with the cares of this world and also the thorns, things that were planted from him in there, wounds from our past, wounds from our present, wounds from relationships, from all kinds of things. Satan works so hard to make sure those things choke out the word in our lives. So what does it look like when someone does life with a wounded heart? Well, let me talk about some porcupines. I know I've shared that before here on the podcast, but you guys, I think in pictures and every time I think about someone with a wounded heart, I think about a porcupine. 
And, you know, porcupines have those quills. And for anybody that's listening uh, to this podcast that's not from, um, I live in the southeastern section of the United States. And so if you're not from this area, I don't really know where porcupines live everywhere. So let me just go and explain that it's an animal that's covered in quills. And these quills are like long needles. And they are his defense mechanism. And he uses them to attack any or to protect himself from anything that's attacking him. And I may have shared that before on the podcast. And if I have, I'm sorry for being redundant. But that's what I always think about when I think about people with a wounded heart. Because y'all, that was me. But that porcupine, instead of using those quills just as protection, what I see people doing with the wounded heart is they turn those quills inward. And they use them against themselves. Maybe they're not hurting everybody else around them when something triggers an emotion, triggers a reaction. Instead, they beat themselves down. They start doing it with their words. They start talking to themselves about how terrible they are, how they always mess up, how they're never going to amount to anything, and they're always going to be stuck in this toxic relationship or whatever it may be, where they feel like they're such a problem. Another thing we see with someone who walks around with a wounded heart is they take everything so personally. You could not mean anything by something you say, and they hear it, and they think you mean it in the most hurtful way possible. And maybe they say something right then, but more often than not, they just pull away. They pull away and they let that wound fester. And you may not even know what you did to hurt their feelings. If this sounds like you out there, people may not even know what they did that hurt your feelings. And I'd like to present to you, maybe they didn't mean it. Maybe that they didn't mean it the way that you took it. But because you're doing life with such a wounded heart... It's like you have such a bad bruise. If you've ever had a really bad bruise somewhere on your body and someone just barely bumps up against you, it hurts so incredibly bad. Now, they didn't bump up against you in a harsh way. They didn't come at you with any amount of real force. And if that had been a healed spot on your body, it wouldn't have been a big deal. They would have just said, oh, excuse me. And you would have said, no problem. But because of the deep bruise that they happened to bump up against, you truly experienced a high level of pain. I'm not saying the pain's not there. It really hurts when someone bumps against a bruise. But my point is they didn't mean to cause that level of pain. And so when you walk around with the, with the wounded heart, you tend to treat everybody around you like they're out to get you. And if this sounds familiar, I'm, I'm offering hope to you today. This used to be me. And it's really because I had such a poor view of myself because I had let the devil for years tear me down and I didn't recognize it as the voice of the enemy. So whenever anybody maybe even needed to bring correction in my life, maybe it was something legitimate that they needed to pull me aside and say, hey, I didn't really like it when you did that way. You know, maybe it's maybe with an employer or, um, you know, someone over me in authority, point out something that I just needed to adjust, I would take it so personally, and I would shrink back, and I would begin to think, I just need to quit this job. I'm such a terrible employee. I just don't even want to go back. I'm so humiliated from that correction. And it made me where I was not correctable, because 
I was so on guard all the time. Those porcupine quills went in me every time someone brushed against me. I was so on guard that it made me where I wasn't teachable and um, and where I walked around with my feelings hurt, not because I was trying to be overly sensitive. I had wounds that needed to be healed. So when you walk around with this wounded heart, oftentimes you're going to do one of two things. Either you're going to get in a ditch on one side of the road of working overtime to fill the holes in your heart, to fill the voids in your heart. And some examples of this might be people-pleasing, codependency, trying to keep everybody around you happy because their happiness, your your heart is directly connected to their happiness. Um, maybe you're working overtime to um, throw yourself into friends. Maybe always having to be the hero in every situation. Maybe you've developed some very strict patterns with yourself because you've turned those quills inward. And so you think that if you can achieve a certain level of perfectionism, then it'll heal it'll it'll heal those places in your heart. But really, you're not even thinking that deep. You're just thinking, maybe people will not be upset at me. If I can be so perfect that I never ruffle a feather, no one will ever be upset at me because that's the thing that you hate the most is someone being upset at you. You're living life with a wounded heart because you pour a huge amount of energy and effort into keeping everybody else happy when they may not even be, uh, you know, conscious that you're doing that. They may not even be aware you're, you're preemptively thinking for them and speaking for them. Or sometimes it, it is quite common for someone with a wounded heart to get into relationships with people who end up using that against them. They really feed off of your drive to constantly please and constantly make happy and make them happy. And it just keeps this one big toxic snowball going. So I call this hyper-focusing. And I just want to remind everybody here, I am not a licensed counselor or clinical psychiatrist or anything like that. This is truly just things that I have learned in my own life. And so I put my own words to things. These are things that maybe the Holy Spirit showed me when, well, goodness, every single bit of this is as I've brought my broken heart to him. These are truths that he has taught me that I'm offering to you, believing that they are going to help set you free as well. So it's one of two ditches when you've got this wounded heart. Either you hyper-focus and you kick everything up into high gear, trying to keep everything smooth working around you because you, you're guarding your heart. You don't want it to ever be brushed up against and you know ever be wounded again because your, your bruises are so tender. You keep people away in that, in that form by keeping everybody happy. Or you go into an ignoring mode, which is the ditch on the other side of the road where you just kind of become numb to everybody. You just kind of quit. And I think oftentimes this ignoring mode comes after a long time of hyper-focusing to where finally you get to a place where you're just exhausted and you throw your hands up and you say, I just don't care anymore. I don't care about any of this. So then you pull away from all your relationships, you disconnect, and worse still, you may even start reaching to self-medicate with different types of addictions or food or self-harm, all kinds of things where, where you just try to disconnect from reality. But what you're doing in both of these situations is retreating, retreating from 
humans and also often retreating from your relationship with your heavenly father. Sure, you may love Jesus, but you keep him at arm's length. You don't want him too close because your heart is still so wounded. You're not even sure if you can trust him to get in too close of a proximity. Do you see where this is a problem? But the good news is, Jesus came to be the healer of your broken heart. You know, Isaiah chapter 53 is a famous scripture in the Bible. But I love it in the um, NIV, and then I'm also going to share it with you in the Message Bible. In the NIV, the New International Version, it says in Isaiah 53, 5, But he was pierced, talking about Jesus hanging on the cross, for our transgressions, and he was crushed for our iniquities or our sins. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. And I love it in the message translation where it says, He endured the punishment that made us completely whole. And in his wounding, we found our healing. There is a good news for your wounded heart. You know, and I don't want it just to sound like such an abstract thought of, well, Jesus can fix all things. Because that's true. But I think sometimes we just throw that around and it waters down the powerfulness of those words, the powerfulness of what Jesus can do for you. This is a long-term thing. And I want to show you what it looks like to take Jesus not only as your Savior from your sins, but also taking him as your healer. When you enter into a relationship with Jesus as your mental and emotional healer, it's a forever choice. At least he wants it to be, and he died for it to be. This is a long-term solution for this long-term problem that you have lived with your whole life or very much, or a whole lot of your life. Many of us have received him as that Savior like I talked about before. But I have a question. Have you actually ever taken him as your healer? Did you even know that's a thing? Did you even know that Jesus didn't only come to save you from the sins that would damn you to hell? He came that you might have life now and have it more abundantly. And he saw your broken mess when he hung on the cross and it wasn't enough to scare him back down. Nothing you've been through is enough to cause him to shrink back. No wound or no hurt place in your heart is enough for him to say, that's bigger than I can handle. No, he paid the ultimate penalty. He offered up himself to be wounded so that you could be healed. You guys, I've stood on the scripture so many times when it came to my emotional and mental health. You know, I think this scripture is talked about a lot when it talks about our physical health. People, people, you know, categorize it with physical healing. But this is the lifeline that I hung on to to receive my emotional and mental healing. Whenever a panic attack would come, whenever deep, dark clouds of depression would come, when I felt like I couldn't even peel myself up off of the couch, I would get the truth of the word of God out of my mouth and said, but he's my healer. And I thank you, Lord, that I am healed, even though it doesn't feel like it, even though it doesn't look like it. 
I know that 1 Peter 2.24 puts it in past tense, that by his stripes I was healed. That's past tense. So I receive it into my present tense, what Jesus has already done. You know, a lot of people say that time heals wounds. There could be nothing further from the truth. When you don't let wounds be healed at a deep level in a way that only Jesus can heal those wounds, those wounds don't heal. They sit there and fester. They sit there and get infected. They sit there and get gangrene. And then they show up and they blow up in the ugliest ways in your future relationships. You're not doing yourself or anyone else a favor to stuff it down. Time does not heal wounds unless it's time in his presence. Time in his word. Time meditating on what he already provided for you. I want to leave you with three, um, I guess, three strategies to overcome a wounded heart. The first thing, when you're interacting with people and your heart has, you're at a place in your life today where you say, yeah, Laura, I have a wounded heart and I can see myself lashing out at people. I can see myself pulling back from people because I'm hurt all the time or I'm wounded all the time or I think they're talking about me or, or just, you know, whatever. Or maybe, Maybe those porcupine quills have gotten in so deep inside of your heart that it's built up infection to where now it's gone from you just having a wounded heart, but now anxiety and depression and PTSD and and all kinds of other mental and emotional disorders are popping up and maybe eating disorders or all kinds of things. You guys, these are symptoms of unhealthy, of an unhealthy soul, an unhealthy heart. Now, not your spirit, talk about your soul. These are symptoms. Those are the things that grow out of the soil when it's full of weeds and thorns. What you're seeing is fruit from an unhealed heart, an un um, soil that has not been protected or weeds that were not uh, pulled out. But here's three strategies when you're interacting with people. Uh, number one, to remember that that person may not have meant you any harm. As, so as you're, as you're you know, receiving Jesus as your healer and you're going about your day, let's say tomorrow you have an interaction with somebody and they say something that really hurts your feelings, stop and say, wait, let me believe the best. I love, Pastor Rhonda Garver has said this so many times to me, believe the best until you are proven otherwise. Don't just assume what their thoughts and motives and intentions were without going to them and asking them first or maybe taking into account their character. Do you have any reason to believe that they would mean that in a harmful way if that's not the character they've shown you? Believe the best until you've been proven otherwise. When you do that, you're going to be healing up holes in your heart and pulling those porcupine quills out. The second part of this strategy is remembering that your worth does not depend on another person's ability to see that worth. So let's say someone does mean something in a harmful way or that you were overlooked again for something. Someone treated you in a way that they would only treat you if they didn't see your worth and value. That doesn't mean you don't have worth and value. It means they're broken too and they can't see what's right in front of them. So instead of internalizing that and thinking there's something wrong with you, leave it with them. 
And then the third part of that strategy is bringing that hurt to Jesus. Tell him what happened. I can't tell you how many times I've gotten back in my car and said, Lord, you saw what they just said. Or you saw what they did. Did they mean it? Did they not? And most oftentimes he reminds me that what other people think of me is none of my business, which is very freeing, but it reminds me to stay in my lane, that other people's opinion of me and what they think of me is none of my business. But I bring my hurt to him and I say, Jesus, heal it. Jesus, I give it to you. You're the one I connect to. You're the one I connect my heart with. And what that does is that doesn't give that weed time to root in. It doesn't give it time to put down roots in my heart, that, that those roots would end up growing thorns and squelching out the word from being able to produce fruit in my life. So I want to leave you today, going back to the thought, I've jumped around a little bit today, and I'm sorry for that, but going back to the, the thought of not just taking Jesus as your Savior, but taking Him as the healer of your broken heart. I think it's important just like you need to re, you know, be able to go back and remember the moment that you made Jesus your Lord and received him as your Savior, that it's a marked moment, a day that your world changed. I think it's just as critical. If you've received that revelation in your heart, it's gone from just being head knowledge down into heart knowledge of, whoa, Jesus truly came to heal my heart. I think it is so freeing to take a moment and just receive what he's already provided for you. You're not having to ask him to heal you. He already did that 2,000 years ago. Instead, you're just intentionally receiving that, that free gift of healing that he provided. And then every day moving forward, and especially in the moments where the hurt and the pain pops back up, take a minute to remind yourself and anyone else who wants to listen, especially the devil, that you've received him as your healer and that he is near to the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds and that by his stripes you were made whole. So I want to end today with a prayer that, you know, oftentimes we pray the sinner's prayer, but I want to end today with a wounded heart prayer. And if you want to just repeat this after me or just receive it in your own heart, but take a moment to really pull this in and, re and, and let this revelation sink in your heart that Jesus wants to heal every wounded place. Heavenly Father, I receive you as my healer and my freedom bringer. I receive you as my restorer. I receive you as the one that can bind up every wound in my heart and pull out all the infection. Jesus, I thank you for hanging on that cross for me and that you, you gave yourself up as a sacrifice. You endured punishment so that I could be made completely whole and that you endured all of those wounds so that in your wounding, I could find healing. So God, no matter who has left me when they should have stayed or who's mistreated me, or lied about me, or misused me, or abused me. None of that matters because none of that is stronger than your healing power and your anointing to break those yokes of bondage in my life. In Jesus' name, amen.
If you pray that prayer with me, I'm so excited. I'm excited because your eyes have been opened today to some new truth. New truth that Jesus didn't just come to save you from your sins and then leave you on this earth to deal with life on your own. He truly came to to be the one that helps tend the garden of your heart, tend the soil. He wants to pull out those roots that are sucking the life from you, those wounded areas of those weeds and those thorns. This is an exciting day. So glad that you joined me today again for the Laura Mayer podcast where we spend another week learning that being his means being free. <laughs>